in June this year, I visited the small town of Ashbourne in the Peak District. In the church of St Oswald, I found the tomb of a lady called Anne Vernon, who died in 1499. She was married to John Bradbourne, who fought in Spain with the army of Ferdinand and Isabella. Her stone effigy shows her to be wearing a necklace of cockle shells, suggesting that she made the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, scallop shells being the symbol of the Camino. And if anybody's interested, I have a photo of her effigy on my phone, so if you ask me afterwards, I can show it to you. So at that time, pilgrims from England would make the journey by boat to the north of Spain and then by foot. One can only imagine the difficulties they encountered. The Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St James, has been a pilgrimage route to Santiago de Compostela for over a thousand years. The tomb of St James lies there in the cathedral. There are various routes from all over Spain and Europe and pilgrims undertake the journey mainly on foot, sometimes on horseback and nowadays even by bicycle. Tens of thousands of pilgrims go each year. One of the most popular routes is known as the French Way or Camino Frances, which starts in the French Pyrenees. It passes through Pamplona, La Rioja, Burgos and Leon. I do need to be honest here, I haven't actually walked the Camino, but in May of this year I had the privilege of following the route from France to Santiago. The journey was principally by, by coach, although we did walk some short sections. It was wonderful to visit such beautiful cities and cathedrals, churches and monasteries along the route, and the excitement at ri arriving in Santiago was palpable. And there I attended my first ever Catholic Mass, which is held daily for the pilgrims. Shortly after my trip, a friend, Sarah Preston, actually walked the whole of the Camino Frances. She posted regularly on Facebook, so we were able to follow all her ups and downs on the journey. When she arrived at Santiago, she wrote a summary of her Camino. So here, with your permission, I'm going to share her experiences with you. The Camino Frances, from Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port to Santiago de Compostela, 778 kilometres, 483 miles. 34 days ago, I started walking from Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port in France to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. With injuries along the way, I had to resort to rest days, a bus and a train to be able to stay with this. I don't know where to start really regarding the last 36 days since I left the UK, apart from they have been totally out of this world, an experience I will never forget, an experience I will repeat, and an experience that no doubt has changed my soul. To say it as a physical test is an understatement. It is an endurance test. Yes, it's tough. Yes, you get blisters, leg issues, knee issues, and lots of other body issues. If you don't, you are lucky. It is a test of your willpower and determination. It will test your strength and your energy. You will see amazing sunrises and sunsets, wonder at the stunning views, meet and be welcomed by the local people, stay in fantastic places, a different bed every night, and eat the most delicious food. 
You will wear the same clothes virtually the whole time you were there, live out of a backpack, living a simple life, and oh, how wonderful that is to realise that that is all you need. Emotionally, it will take you high and take you low. You will laugh, you will cry, you will bond with the most amazing people from all over the world. They will help guide, they will help you, guide you, be there for you in every circumstance, be your friend, they will be your rock when times are hard. The people you meet along the way, the ones you walk with, will become your Camino family. You will never want to leave. It will make you think, contemplate, reflect, reconnect with life and with nature and will possibly change you forever. It will make you stronger. It will bring you peace. It will bring you joy. It will open your eyes and heart to a different life. It will light your world and you will never want to let it go. It's a journey you will almost certainly want to repeat. So I say to anyone, get out there and walk. Walk a bit, walk a lot, do what you can, when you can, and however you can, but go on a Camino. It is one of the most heartwarming, life-affirming, transitional experiences ever. I am so happy and blessed to have done this, to meet so many amazing people, to have the support of my family, friends from home and abroad, work colleagues and my Camino family during this amazing journey. Time now for reflection for what I have just repeated. Completed. I am honoured and blessed to have been part of this. The words of Sarah Preston, my friend. Okay, we're going to try something that we haven't done here before. It's a walking meditation. Um, it's going to be entirely voluntary, so if you wish to remain seated during this practice, um, that's fine. But if you do remain seated, perhaps you could just close your eyes and imagine you're walking in the favourite spot side. But the rest of us, if we want to move to the outside of the chairs, yeah, and then we're going to walk around in Thank you. 
your mind is wandering, thinking about the coffee drinker, just very gently bring your attention back. So just a couple more steps um, to keep parallel, sink your weight down, just be present. Um, on, on today's hymn sheet, you'll find um, the poem that I'm going to start this short address with. It's um, written by Raina Maria Rilke. Um, this English version is by Robert Bly. I think this speaks to the walker in all of us. My eyes already touch the sunny hill, going far ahead of the road I have begun. So we are grasped by what we cannot grasp. It has its inner light, even from a distance, and changes us, even if we do not reach it, into something else which, hardly sensing it, we already are. A gesture waves us on, answering our own wave, but what we feel is the wind in our faces. I think this is such a lovely deep sense of the spirit in that description of a walk, a simple walk. And that's certainly one aspect of pilgrimage, a journey undertaken with spiritual intent. And we know that the concept of pilgrimage is found within all the world's religions, that idea of traveling to a shrine or some other special place in order to connect with a higher power, to seek healing or other assistance. In um, medieval Europe, pilgrimage was a highly organized aspect of religious life. It was a required method of doing penance for one's sins and receiving eternal salvation. 
It's interesting to me that the idea of pilgrimage is increasing in popularity in our more secular times. Making a pilgrimage, often following ancient roots, offers something, it seems, to many of us. So I was thinking what a pilgrimage requires of a pilgrim and why that might attract us. See if any of this speaks to you. A pilgrimage is time set aside for the, from the everyday, away from the mundane routines of our existences. It offers adventure, as we heard from your friend Sarah Preston, David. Adventure, new vistas, new experiences, something different. And I've known more than one friend set off on a pilgrimage and find themselves needing to send stuff home in the post. Because don't most of us carry more than we need, both in reality and, and metaphorically? Walking a certain distance with a backpack brings that weight of the baggage we are carrying into our very conscious awareness. Pilgrims learn to prepare for their journeys and to travel light. Take only what you really need, and generally, we need far less than we thought we did. On a, on a pilgrimage, we are encouraged to be open to encounters of all sorts, to let the journey affect us, to engage with whoever and whatever comes your way. And through these encounters and through the traveling, we're creating an opportunity for new um, experiences and new insights to emerge. Though the transformation may not be immediate, sometimes, I mean, I, I love the euphoria of Sarah's description of her Camino journey. I've known people suffer far more than that. And that it's only months or years later that some really important transformation has occurred for them, which started probably in that journey. On a pilgrimage, we can learn from the challenges. We may start to recognize the tests that life brings us as stages on the journey, as obstacles to be surmounted. Tests that may actually break us and yet paradoxically bring us new strengths. I don't know if you've had those kind of experiences in life. They don't just come with a pilgrimage, do they? Joseph Campbell, the uh, um, much-quoted Joseph Campbell, professor of literature and explorer of mythology, wrote that we must be willing to let go of the life that we have had so that the life that is waiting for us may be experienced. Pilgrimage is a way of letting go of the familiar and it requires of us a trust, trust in the unknown path lying ahead of us, that's faith, because there are no guarantees, are there? The future becomes the present with every step we take. And on pilgrimage, as in life itself, we're journeying both alone and together. Nobody completes the same pilgrimage, though the path may look identical on the map. And though the destination is important, as it was to our ancestors in the Middle Ages, yet, yet most of us, I think, in life as on pilgrimage, we come to realise that it is the journey, not the destination, that matters most. The path, our daily lives, they are our temple, they are our sacred shrine. 
So I know that some of you have been on uh, pilgrimage, um, just looking at you, Carol, and knowing all the stories you've told me of going to Canterbury. I know people here who've been to Jerusalem, to Lourdes, and to Santiago de Compostela, to Walsingham in Norfolk, and to some of the places of pilgrimage that are not owned by any one religion. Those distant waterfalls and mountaintops and ancient forests. Even allotments, I suspect, revered by people of prehistoric times and today. And some of us never get to make these traditional journeys, and yet pilgrimage is still possible as a way of thinking about our life journey as a journey of discovery, in which we are challenged and brought up short and heartwarmingly encouraged and inspired at times by people we meet along the way. And even in life's most adverse circumstances, I think we can embark on an inner journey with our body and our inner felt sense as the terrain to explore. We can contemplate the quality of our relationship with ourselves and with the world in which we live and with the companions we're granted along the path. Whether we stub our toe on a mountain track or getting out of the shower, there's a message awaiting for us in that toe if we choose to listen out for it. Buen Camino, everyone. Greetings on the journey. Amen. There is, there is a Buddhist saying, when you are in doubt about where you are meant to be, look down at your feet. So in the week that lies ahead, let us stay awake to where we are to what our current surroundings and our stage of the journey requires of us. Awake to our fellow travellers, for all may reveal the precious insights we need to make more of this gift of life. If in doubt about where we are meant to be, let's look down at our feet. For feet are usually in the here and now. Amen. Go well. Blessed be.